You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I am your host, Spencer. This is my lovely wife, Nikki. And today, as promised, we are bringing you our discussion on discipleship. So before we dive in, baby, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted to, again, bring up like we did in our video earlier. um, We did a praise report about our um, outreach today. Just wanted to bring it up again on here that there was one person that confessed Jesus as Lord. And so that's just awesome. I just can't talk about that too much (laughs) and pray for, um, a man named Max who will be having heart surgery. And it would be a great testimony if the man who told us to pray, um, sees the hand of God on this man. He'll remember we prayed together for his friend and as usual, just don't forget to like uh, this episode and subscribe to our channel. Please do. And yeah, jump on the discord. That's where those praise requests will always be. That's where the, or the prayer requests and the praise reports will always be up on the discord. Obviously if you're on social media, we still would love to hear from you. Uh, but we just want to do everything we can to get away from the, uh, social media godless heathens if we can. So sure discord's no better, but it is what it is. Um, And then also we have our sermon recommendations on there and I'll be adding a sermon onto the sermon recommendations from Legacy Church. Uh, It was funny. I was listening to the pastor just today. I think it's a couple day old sermon now, but you know, he was going on and talking about Judges 21, 25. And I was like, preach, preacher. So uh, obviously that's why we started this show, right? Judges 21, 25. So those sermon recommendations will be on there. We would love to get sermon recommendations from you guys as well. And mm-hmm. so today we are kind of starting another three-part series, if you will, on discipleship. Three parts only because we don't want these running too terribly long. Yeah. 
And the way we're going to sort of break this up, kind of the same way we did with politics, we're going to look at today is going to be sort of what is discipleship. That's going to kind of be the idea of today's episode. And then episode two that comes out on Wednesday and episode three on Friday will be, uh, episode two will be looking at sort of the role of a discipler. Like if you are leading disciples. Would that and, just be called teacher? Or teacher, leader, disciple. I mean, yeah, kind of, okay. you are the one leading um, <laughs> the disciples. And then episode three, we'll be looking at it from the, the role of a disciple, somebody who is being discipled. So that's kind of the way we're going to try to break this up. So just to start this out, I got, I just went and looked up kind of what discipleship looked like in the Bible, in, you know, the Bible era. And it went from, or it kind of started with like the ancient Hebrew discipleship, kind of, you know, the traditional Jewish discipleship. And um, I'll try to have the website linked down in the bottom. I can't remember the exact website off the top of my head right now, but you'll see it on the screen and down in the description. But it gives the uh, definition that a disciple or a discipleship was the process that a person went through sort of to become a rabbi. You know, obviously that was sort of the idea in the ancient Hebrew was basically the rabbis would select young men, usually the most, the brightest kids Mm -hmm. in that 12 to 13 age range. And they would sort of become their disciples. So there'd only be a few of them. It would be the most. And uh, I have a question. A rabbi, does that just mean a teacher of the law? Yeah. I mean, yes, because we're getting this from the ancient Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Um, definition. So yeah, a rabbi in that sense would just be a teacher of the law, an Old Testament rabbi kind of a thing. Um, And then they would bring those young men in and then sort of during their discipleship, the young men would be kind of trained in the way of their rabbi. You know, they would be taught his theology, sort of his way of um, teaching, his different philosophies. And then sort of the thought process with that discipleship was as the rabbi got older, couldn't preach anymore or whatever, or potentially died, these disciples could take on his mantle and sort of carry on the tradition Mm -hmm. of that rabbi. That was kind of the ancient Hebrew, you know, more traditional Jewish idea of a disciple. That's slightly different. So we're going to look at what Jesus discipleship was. And largely it was you know, it was the same thing. Jesus was a Jew. He grew up in that environment. Um, it's weird because Jesus seemed to be like doing the opposite of what the rabbis would be teaching. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, I thought about this when we were coming up with this episode that like, you know, obviously Jesus was a kid. He was a fully human person. So he didn't, I don't think he was born with the full knowledge of the law and the prophets like ingrained in his mind. Like he had to learn it yeah. from somebody like yeah, he did. talk about the pressure of having to teach God his law. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. You know, but he obviously learned it from somebody and then, you know, took it on his own. But, mm. um, you know, he did the same thing. He brought in disciples. You know, obviously we know the 12 that he brought in. Um, he called 12. He called 12 individuals that, you know, went on to be apostles. Obviously they're slightly different than a disciple. Um, But then Judas didn't stick around. 
Yeah. And we'll get into that <laughs> later when we talk, start talking about John Piper. Um, you know, but the big difference with the way Jesus did things, um, you know, whereas the Pharisees and the ancient Hebrew sort of rabbis would teach them, this is my way of doing things. This is the tradition that we follow. Jesus taught them that his way was the absolute way. Mm-hmm. Like what he's teaching you is not some tradition or one aspect mm-hmm. of how to teach the law or the faith. Well, it he is taught the, the only heart. Way. His big thing was like the heart, the intention, what's behind, you know, the things that we were taught. Yeah. I mean, he obviously came in and told, you know, ruffled a lot of feathers telling them the way that they were leading men was not necessarily the way they should have been. Like working on the Sabbath. Like you would go and I don't know if you lost one of your sheep or whatever, you would go and you would save it. And they considered that work. Like he was, like he knew all these. Whoever taught him, I just wonder, did they get mad at Jesus? Like, I don't even know. It says who did. Yeah, so he (laughs) obviously taught them differently, right? And that's why, you know, his way was this is the way to disciple. This is the Mm -hmm. only way. Um, So that was obviously a big difference. The other difference, we mentioned that the Hebrew rabbis would call the the select few, the really high quality um, kids, and they would be their disciples. Um, Jesus called everybody. Yeah. You know, and he called them with a little caveat, not a little caveat, but I got this from Mark eight thirty four, And this is, uh, it says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So Jesus called everybody, right? He yes. had his apostles, you know, and then he said, Hey, whoever wants to be my disciple, this is open to everybody. And we obviously know he called his apostles, you know, Simon, uh, Andrew, and John, I think, were the first three that he called. And they're fishermen, right? They're probably not the cream of the crop. And mm-hmm. what I thought was so fascinating about this idea of him calling them is that this is obviously, in my mind, something they longed for, right? Like, I doubt that they were fishermen as a first choice because the Bible tells us that, you know, with uh, James and John, Jesus is just like walking and sees him down by the, by the boats. And he's like, follow me. And they just drop everything and leave. (laughs) Like they Mm. were longing for this. And like, they finally got a, a rabbi that believed in them. Like (laughs) they weren't the cream of the crop. Come follow me. And they're like, see you later, dad. Like this is our chance, you know? And I just thought that was interesting. Like these men were probably longing for this call Maybe. i mean it's and this were, and when we're watching the chosen now matthew was the tax collector and he just like watched the hated chosen his job like everybody hated him and he's like this dude said follow him I'm like, sure anything's better than this <laughs> yeah like these people probably longed for this calling and they missed the boat when they were kids and i mean i don't know that this is true necessarily but this is the way yeah. i read it you know if somebody would, you know, if you loved your job, loved your life, you were completely satisfied in what you were doing. And somebody was like, Hey, come follow me to the meat packing plant. You'd be like, no, leave me alone. But like, but count the cost. That's why you're told to count the cost of following Christ. Yeah. Like you're leaving like, everything behind and these men, yeah. they did, right. They just dropped everything and left. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, as we mentioned before, kind of the last thing I, I think kind of brushed over earlier, but 
um, you know, we mentioned how the rabbis would sort of teach people their ways and Jesus changed that and told them his way is the way there is no other way. Um, and he obviously corrected a lot of Pharisees and caught a lot of heat in the process. So, um, yeah, cause their ways was extra work, more burdens on people. Yeah. And obviously and we a lot go of our own way. And, yeah. Yeah. So just kind of a fascinating insight on the difference between what a traditional rabbi and Jesus, how he kind of came on the scene and shook things up. Um, and then I pulled from uh, this book here, um, The Cost of Discipleship. And we will have this link down in the description. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship. And I implore you all, if you're watching this episode, please, 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 purchase this book. Um, you can follow our link in the description. It will benefit our channel and we would greatly appreciate that. But if you don't go through our link, please purchase this book. Um, it will not be money wasted. I promise you, uh, it will be an investment in your eternity and in the eternity of those that you disciple along the way. So I highly yeah. encourage you to get this book. And uh, I just pulled one quote out of here. Um, let me see where I got it. Uh, in it, Bonhoeffer says, in the last resort, what we want to know is not what would this or that man or this or that church have of us, but what Jesus Christ himself wants of us. And I thought that's kind of the picture that Jesus paints and sort of the difference between what he requires of us and what, you know, maybe a uh, Jewish rabbi would have required because mm -hmm. once Jesus came on the scene, everything changed, right? Like you no longer taught your tradition. Everybody at, yeah. from Jesus Christ on the idea of discipleship is teach them Jesus. Yes. There is no my way, your way. Let's just come. It's yeah. Jesus is the only way. And, that's sort of that legacy that Bonhoeffer is touching on. We want to know what does Jesus want from us? I don't care what this pastor, that pastor, yeah. if that pastor is not telling me how to get to Jesus or what Jesus mm -hmm. wants, then he's telling me something I shouldn't be. It's all about to. the testimony of the Holy spirit, making you into <laughs> a new creation. And, and we're supposed to be sharing that with others and walking that out. So they witness that others witness what has taken place and, and they'll be able to follow us. So all these yeah. churches would, which aren't bad, but they're skipping over what's important. Like, so we want to get back to discipleship. That's what the church is for. It's not to go and just hear sermon and then everybody go their separate ways. Nobody's discipling anybody. Nobody knows anybody. And it's not about getting into a small group and just, seeing someone once a week, that's not discipleship. You're not like discipleship is getting involved in other, with other people, like in their lives, like doing life together, asking how they're doing, inviting them out to lunch, just inviting them into your life. Cause how else are they going to learn? Like the disciples, they followed Jesus everywhere he went. They didn't just meet once a week. <laughs> Like they had to be following him closely to learn his ways. And that's why we wanted to do this episode on discipleship or these 
these episodes is because we think there's a gigantic hole in the yeah. church yes. when it comes to discipleship. You know, we've been going to church our entire mm-hmm. lives in some form or fashion. And I don't ever remember a time when I went to a church and there was a Jesus-like discipleship going on. You know, if you're a go to church on Sunday and live like the world Monday through Saturday yeah. kind of Christian, that's not going to cut it. And that's why, we, you know, the times that we're in, like mm-hmm. maybe that did cut it 20 years ago. I don't know. But mm-hmm. in the days that we're in now and the days we're about to come into, this idea that you can just sort of like catch a quick shot of Jesus on Sunday and then go and, you know, do your own thing throughout the week and you're going to be okay. I think that time has passed and you're going to need somebody that can teach you how to live this Christ-like life. We need to see it. And you need to see it it to do it, right? I mean, that's the whole idea. It's not about just getting people saved and say, hey, come to my church and listen to sermons with me and then let's go party on the weekends. No, because getting saved is, and that's, I think, where people lose connection with this discipleship thing. There is no like three-step process. You're not, I'm an unbeliever. Now I'm saved. Then I get discipled. Now I disciple. It's, I'm an unbeliever. I'm saved a disciple and a discipler. Like that is all one step. And um, you don't get to be saved and not be a disciple. They go together. They're the same thing. And that's why it's important to well, I want be to be in the right church and get yeah. um, someone that's teaching you the ways of Jesus. And I just pulled up, you know, we read that Bonhoeffer quote about um, what does Jesus want of us? And I just said like, or I was reading through it and I'm like, Paul kind of sums this up brilliantly in first Corinthians. And he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. So Paul's telling his disciples and followers like, you can feel confident doing what I'm doing because I'm doing what he's doing. Can you, know? you say that? I feel like you are going to be more cautious. If you know that people are trying to learn to imitate Christ through you, you are not going to want to be lukewarm. Like, I can't imagine leading somebody off a cliff because I said, hey, follow me. I'm a Christian. And I think they lead them off the cliff by really not leading them at all. I mean, we'll have up yeah. on the screen right here another pastor from Hillsong resigns in shame, um, for living like the world. And that I read that article this week and I was like, there is no discipleship. Like there isn't and no accountability. Yeah. I mean, whatever verse you had, you can touch on that. Um, in John chapter eight, uh, verse 31, Jesus is talking to the Jews and it says, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's about abiding in his word. And if you're abiding in his word, you're learning, you're being, you are a disciple. A disciple, the definition of disciple is a learner. So if you're not learning the word of the words of Jesus or the word at all, are you even, you're, you're, you're not a disciple. You're not a Christian. Like we're saying those are the same thing. You can't be stagnant and not learning 
you, you're not following Jesus, you're not his. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple. Yeah, I mean, 100%. They're, they're the two sides of the same coin, basically. Yes. And just as we get ready to wrap this up, you know, we were kind of touching on why the American church needs this so badly. Um, and I don't know that there's anything more deficient in the American church today than discipleship. I think that is sort of the wellspring of a lot of problems that we have in this country and in this church. But I had the question of why, like why disciple, right? Who cares? You know, I go to church on Sunday. Um, I go to work Monday through Friday. I'm saved. So why do I need the disciple? And just going back to Bonhoeffer, uh, I wanted to read this quote that we had or that I had from him. Again, from the book, you should be buying right now. He says, and if we answer the call to discipleship, where will it lead us? What decisions and partings will it demand? To answer this question, we shall have to go to him, for only he knows the answer. Only Jesus Christ, who bids us follow him, knows the journey's end. But we do know that it will be a road of boundless mercy. Discipleship means joy. And I thought, that's why you disciple, because it's joy. Um, you mm -hmm. find joy in your calling and our calling is to follow Christ, right? To pick up our cross daily. I mean, that's why Paul can say he's content in all things, whether he has mm -hmm. a lot or a little, because he has this joy of following Christ and knowing that he's walking the path he's called to walk. Mm -hmm. And that's why you disciple, not because it's some burden placed on you. And Jesus gave burden. you another rule. We are all called a disciple and to deny that is denying Jesus because he says, follow me. He calls everybody. And the truth is, is, if you're a Christian of any true merit, you know the value, the eternal value and worth of what it means to be a Christian. And you should be bursting inside yourself to tell everybody and yeah. pull everybody in. And like, let me tell you about this man. I, you know, that's the apostle. I mean, like, let me tell you about this guy. I know, you know, that how many people did Jesus pray over? And was like, Hey, don't go tell anybody. And they're just running down the street. <laughs> like, let me tell you what just happened to me. Like that is discipleship. Like, yeah. Discipleship. So the testimony that's why you should want a disciple continuing in his word. Yes. So as we get ready to wrap this up, baby, you got any last words? I don't know. I have a lot more I want to say, but we'll say it. Save it for the other. Yes, other please stick around. Wednesday, we got episode two where we look at what it means to sort of be a discipler, a teacher, a rabbi in a sense. And then episode three on Friday, we'll be looking at what it means or what you should expect when you are being discipled and how you should be discipled. So please stick around, like, and subscribe this if you find this at all beneficial. And then please get with us in the comments. We want to hear from you guys. We need to know if we're going too far to the left or the right. You know, we're not theologians or apologists. We're just people that love Jesus. So if we're getting off base at all, we need you guys to get us back on base. So that's all we got for you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. Love you. God bless. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.